When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up everyone? Welcome back to another video. Today we are having a look at the best forwards, my favorite forwards to be owning in FPL. What is up everyone, FPL Harry here and today we are having a look at my favourite forwards as we've done so far this week with defenders, midfielders. We're going to be going through the most expensive, the cheapest, the mid price, all the midfielders I think you should be considering and are on my watch list for game week one. Before we dive into the video, please make sure you've liked and subscribed if you are new around here. Daily uploads are starting on Monday. Diving in, this video is sponsored, of course, by Fancy Football Scout, the one-stop shop you need for everything fancy football, whether you like articles, podcasts, videos, whether you like data, XG, whether you like eye test reports, match reports, if you need pre-season data, they have got the lot. Check the link in the description if you do want 30% off during pre-season, but all the data you see here is taken from their great website. So, Number one, I'm not going to spend too long talking about Erling Haaland. He's 14 million and he is 86% owned. That does mean that there are 14% of you who either have done an auto-select team or actually think that going without Erling Haaland for game week one is not a good idea. There's one stat on here that I want to read you, which is why it is a good idea to go with Erling Haaland, and that it is 0.93 expected goals per 90 minutes. He's basically expected to score every single game. Now, we know that he got 36 goals last season, but a lot of people outperform their expected goals. He scored over eight and a half points per 90 minutes per time that he's on the pitch, which again is crazy high. 272 points. We know what Haaland did last season. Just look at the fixtures though. You could pretty much captain him in every single one of the first six games. And maybe apart from game week two, which is where Liverpool have Bournemouth at home. So if you're starting with a Trent in your team, with a Mo Salah in your team, you might be tempted. But to be honest, it's a home fixture and Haaland is crazy good at home. So I still think I'll be captaining him that week. The 14% of you that don't own Haaland, please buy him. Let's not spend too long on him. Next up actually is a bit of a differential and it is Harry Kane who was only just a few points, less than 10 points behind Erling Haaland in the overall point scoring for FPL last season with 263 points. However, he played a lot more minutes. So he played pretty much every single game for Tottenham. So his points per 90 is a little bit lower, just under seven compared to Haaland's 8.8. 30 goals. So basically he had the same season, played more minutes and just scored six goals less than him. But it was Harry Kane's most impressive Premier League and FPL season to date. And it is a little bit of a surprise that he's coming under-owned at 13.8%. However, it's down to what you can do with the rest of the money, especially given that we're not going to captain him. And it's the same debate that we had in the video earlier this week about Mo Salah. If you're not going to captain Salah, if you're not going to captain Kane, it is a little bit more difficult to go and, you know, 
pick him in your team because you could have Harry Kane in there and then an Embuemo in your team or you could go and pick Bakayo Saka and Marcus Rashford for the same price which is why a lot of people are opting to go with only one premium in Haaland set and forget on the captaincy and move elsewhere so I, I agree I don't think that Harry Kane is the one to go with there is also rumours that he might be off to either PSG or Bayern Munich which hasn't been agreed yet but if he goes then we might be looking at Richarlison at 7 million as a good option as he's a midfielder as well I wouldn't have Harry Kane even if he stays at Spurs, particularly because the opening fixtures are not that great. There are a lot of good other options in this forward area. We're not going to captain him. I just think it's a no-go given his slight price increase this season. So we've covered Haaland, who you have to own. We've covered Kane, who you probably don't want to own. But every other strike in this list, there is a reasoning to why you'd want to own them in FPL this season. Again, all the data taken from this is from Fantasy Football Scout. Check out the link for 30% off in the description. But for me, the most nailed forward in my team at the moment is Gabriel Jesus of Arsenal. He's 8 million and in one in three teams, but his underlying data from last season is really good. XG of 0.61 per 90, lower expected assists, but overall getting over five points per start. 11 goals, seven assists. Of course, he did have a bit of time on the touchline. He actually underperformed his expected data, only getting 125 points last season. And I put this on Twitter and basically everyone's reply was, but he can't finish. And that is the little caveat that you do have with Gabriel Jesus. If he could finish every chance that he got, every sort of expected goal that he got, he'd be an incredible asset and no one would debate whether they want to go with him over the likes of Bakaya Saka, over the likes of Odegaard, over the likes of Martinelli, Trossard in their midfield as well. I do still think it's worth it because he takes up a forward spot over a midfield spot. I look at building my team and there are just so many good midfielders that I want in my team at the moment that there isn't such congestion up front. Plus the fishes are really nice. Forest, Fulham at home in their first three, plus Crystal Palace and Everton in their first five as well. The only couple of maybe difficult fixtures are Manchester United and Spurs, but they both fall at home as well. Now, when we get closer to European football and Champions League, maybe Jesus can't play every single game, but for the first six, that's not going to be a problem. He's my second forward alongside Erling Haaland. Now, the second 8 million forward is quite an interesting one and one that's causing quite a lot of debate in the FPL community at the moment. Let me know if you own Ollie Watkins. He's almost 15% owned. He's very consistent and he's done quite well in preseason and we know how he finished the end of last season. 175 points for him, 15 goals and 8 assists is a really good return. His best returns in the Premier League so far and expected to score in every one in every two games as well. The opening fixtures are a little bit mixed. I think the first fixture of Newcastle away is putting people off a little bit. They see that and they compare it to Gabriel Jesus as Nottingham Forest at home and think, well, it is a no-brainer to go with Gabriel Jesus for the opening fixture. But from game week two, they do play Everton, Burnley and then Crystal Palace in the next three out of the next four so it is worth a consideration particularly because we know he's nailed he knows that he's going to play 90 minutes in every single match for Aston Villa he has had that price increase which is why maybe people are not destined to go with him if he was down at 7.5 million I think he'd be a really really nice option but given that he's 0.5 more than some of the other forwards that we're going to talk about and then the same price as Gabriel Jesus I think that's why his ownership is a little bit lower I don't think he's a bad pick and I think he's actually a really really nice differential because of how his form is in preseason some of the new signings Aston Villa have made he's not in my draft but if you like him absolutely go for him Next up, we have two forwards, both from Liverpool, Cody Gakpo and Darwin Nunes. 
Start off with the fixtures. Again, they play Chelsea away in the first one, but it is that Bournemouth at home fixture in game week two where Manchester City do play Newcastle. If you're not going with Mo Salah because you don't want to caption him, maybe you want to look elsewhere in the Liverpool attack. Newcastle away, Villa, and then Wolves and West Ham. The opening run of fixtures is sort of nice enough that they're not great every single week, but you'd be pretty happy owning one of them in your team. We did talk a little bit about some of the mids when we looked at Salah in the midfielders video, but it is a forward spot that I do quite like. Cody Gakpo was the one who finished last season well. He was in the first choice lineup and Darwin Nunes couldn't really get a look in. I don't actually expect Darwin Nunes to play centrally. I think these two could play together with Nunes being on the left wing and Gakpo playing centrally. Now, if you look at some of the underlying data, Gakpo did better because he got a lot more minutes towards the end of the season, but actually Darwin Nunes's chances that he got was much better. And we know that with Darwin, right? 0.63 expected goals per 90 compared to 0.43 for Gakpo. It's just the minutes concern and whether Darwin will actually be able to finish these chances. Basically where I sit with Liverpool is if I get to the start of the season in game week one and I know that either Darwin, Gakpo, Jota or Luis Diaz is actually going to play maybe five out of the six games, I'm pretty certain I'm going to own them in my fantasy team. At the moment, I don't know exactly who it's going to be. Looking at the underlying data, Darwin is probably the best one because of his expected goals, but he doesn't necessarily finish every single chance he gets. So if it's Gakpo, I'm not worried about him being at the same price as well. I'm just looking at preseason minutes to know which of them it is. But their prices are so, so good if we know which one is going to start. Another little player comparison are the two Chelsea forwards in Nkunku, Jackson. Neither of them played in the Premier League last season, so both of the sets of data are taken from their leagues that they played in previously. Nkunku got 16 goals, 4 assists. Jackson got 12 goals, 4 assists. Now, the underlying data for Nkunku is a little bit better. He overachieved in sort of expected goals compared to Jackson. The opening fixtures, I think, are really nice. Liverpool at home on the first day is maybe not the best, but it is at home and it is the opening day of the season. So anything can happen in that fixture. And then from game week two onwards, it is really nice. So I think previously people were thinking about booking in a Chelsea transfer and potentially game week three. I hate booking in transfers and actually I think potentially starting with one of these, whether you start them in game week one or not, I don't really mind. But I think having one of them in your team, whether it's attack, whether it's defense and the likes of Chilwell, is quite a good idea. Now, you might look at this straight away and think, well, the expected goals last season and Kunku is going to be the better option. Look at how he outperforms. But considering their positioning that they're going to play, it does feel like Jackson is going to be the main striker for Chelsea going into this season. And Nkunku is actually going to play either centre forward behind him or on one of the wings. Now, Mudrik is playing quite well. Madweke could play on the right wing. We could see Sterling on the right wing. So I do think Nkunku will play centre forward a little bit behind Jackson and be allowed to free roam from side to side as well. For me at the moment, I am still going in Kunku. I do expect Kunku to be on penalties for Chelsea as well, which might play into your thinking a little bit. The other thing as well is Nkunku is can play more than one position, right? He can play out on the wing, he can play centrally, he can play up front if needs be, whereas Jackson is solely playing that centre-forward striker role, which means there is a chance that he gets subbed off and Nkunku stays on and plays more minutes in the match. Plus, I'm not necessarily certain that Chelsea won't sign another striker. Now, Jackson has been really good in preseason, so I think it's unlikely. I do think Jackson being striker for Chelsea in game week one is the most likely situation. But I know that Nkunku is going to play every single game. We don't have Champions League this season. There's no Europe. I would be surprised if Nkunku doesn't play maybe... 35 games this season for us. So at the moment, I'm trying to find a way to get Nkunku in as my third striker alongside Gabriel Jesus and Erling Haaland, but Jackson could be an incredible differential. 
Now, moving down to our six million forward. So a bit of a jump down. No six and a halfs are really worth considering. Dominic Solanke's in there, but the fixtures are a little bit more difficult for Bournemouth to start the season. Six million and only 3.9% owned. If you compare that to the 30 plus ownership that Brian and Buemo has, despite being, you know, 0.5 million more expensive, Tony was out for five games last season and Visa played up front in all of those and got four goals and one assist. Again, without Tony in the team, although Visa's points last season weren't that high, only 111, his points per 90 were quite good. He made a lot of appearances off the bench, which does improve your points per 90. Seven goals, four assists. Underlying data is not that great, but he is the focal role when there isn't going to be Ivan Tony in that starting Brentford lineup. So it is worth considering. If you do need to save the 0.5 million or you don't want Embuemo in your midfield, it does allow Vito is going to be the main starting striker. Now, they have been linked with Brennan Johnson in the transfer window, but it doesn't look like that's going to be where Brennan Johnson ends up. If he does, then Brennan Johnson is 6 million as well, could be a really nice option. But at the moment, I think people are really underlooking Visa. He takes up a forward spot as well. As I've mentioned, you don't have to congest your midfield where there are so many good options that I want to pick at the moment. He could be a really nice option. The only thing is, we do see that Mbwemo is likely to be on penalties. He's also like to take a lot of set pieces, which you don't get with Visa. But Visa is a forward and you do get to save that 0.5 million. The fixtures are really nice as well. Tottenham at home on the opening day, they beat them 3-1 last season. Newcastle away in game week five is maybe the only one I look there and think that's not the best. The rest of them, you'd be pretty happy to have a Brentford option in your team, which is why the likes of Henry in defence and Mbwemo midfield and hopefully Visa up front can be quite good assets for us. Next up, we go to Brighton and we have a three-player comparison here. We have two six million forwards in Evan Ferguson and Danny Welbeck, and then we have Jao Pedro as well. Worth mentioning that Evan Ferguson, I don't think, has played a single minute in preseason for Brighton so far. I do think throughout the season he'll get the most minutes of all the forwards, and I do think he is their best striker and their number one forward. But at the moment, he hasn't featured in preseason yet, so keep an eye on that if you are deciding to go with him. That means that Danny Welbeck is then likely to start the first couple of games in the season if Ferguson is not ready for game week one, which is just two weeks away, 14 days from the start of the season. I cannot wait. But if Danny Welbeck is going to start the season, he could be a good differential as well. His ownership is very, very low. Underlying numbers, Ferguson was a little bit better last season, but there's not actually that much to choose between Welbeck and Ferguson when they are both on the pitch. The one that a lot of people are looking at now is Jao Pedro. He started preseason really well. Looks like he's worth the price tag of 30 million that they have gone and played with him. Now, his underlying numbers from last season are a little bit low, but he was, of course, playing at Watford in the championships. So we don't quite know exactly where he's going to line up and how he's going to do in that Brighton team. We do think he's going to play Play behind the striker and compete with Enciso in that cam role and it's going to be Ferguson or Welbeck that plays up front with two other players like Matoma and Solly March on the wings. Now I quite like Jao Pedro 5.5 million. I just not certain he's going to be thrown in for game week one. I still think Enciso is probably going to be the game week one cam for Brighton and then Jao Pedro will be embedded in as time goes on potentially when Europe comes around but I do think towards the end of the season he'll be a player that pretty much all of us will be considering owning. I'm just not certain it's going to happen for game week one. Again, the Brighton forwards needs to be looked at in pre-season. If I know that Jao Pedro is going to start the season, even at Cam, not up front, I'm pretty certain I'm going to own him at 5.5 million. That is crazy underpriced for how good he's looked in pre-season. Ferguson, we haven't seen so far, so a bit of a concern with him. Jao Pedro is the one I've really got my eye on. 
Now, just a couple of other cheap options. If you are looking for a 5.5 or a 5 million option, there are two teams that you could look at. First one is Crystal Palace. We don't know which of these is going to line up, and it's the same for the second team that we're going to look at. So keep an eye on preseason if you need a cheap forward about whether it's going to be Edward or Mateta that does leave the line for Crystal Palace. Again, 0.5 difference between them. The opening run of fixtures is not bad as well, actually. They've got three green fixtures in there and a few difficult away fixtures at Brentford and Aston Villa, and then Arsenal in there in game week two. But we know if one of these nails down that spot they could be a decent enough option especially given their price and the second one is Fulham. Now, we thought Vinicius, when Mitrovic went, that Vinicius was scoring goals in preseason at 5 million. He would be nailed down and would be a great sort of last bench option if you don't want to go for 4.5 million forward. But they then did sign Raul Jimenez for 5 million and he costs 5 million in FPL. Again, the opening run of fixtures is not that great. Everton away on the opening day. Then after that, it is a little bit more difficult. We don't know who it's going to be. He's going to be first choice. I actually think it'll be Vinicius and Jimenez might be used as an impact forward, but I don't know that for certain. We need to keep an eye on preseason. But again, if you're looking for a 5.5 million forward or a 5 million forward as well, Crystal Palace and Fulham look like the two clubs we could have one at. And finally, the 4.5 million forwards. And there are two that I'm keeping my eye on. Again, if you want to know all the minutes that all these players are playing in preseason, do check out Fantasy Football Scout. They keep a track of that. They keep a log. It's very easy to see how players are performing in preseason, which is a real use to me. Balogun at Arsenal. Now, I don't think he's going to stay at Arsenal. And if he does stay at Arsenal, he's not a good option. But there's a lot of rumours about a potential move to another Premier League club. He had the fifth expected goals per 90 of all the players in Europe's top five league. I think the top five were Benzema, Mbappe, Haaland, Harry Kane and then Balogun, which is crazy, and he's 4.5 million. If this guy goes to another Premier League club to start, he'll be in absolutely everyone's teams, and people will be starting him every single week. So keep an eye on any transfers of whether Balogun stays at Arsenal or wherever he goes elsewhere. The other one is Mubama at West Ham. He's the one who's likely to stay at West Ham, and he's the one currently in my FPL draft. 4.5 million. He scored three goals so far in preseason and Moyes has said he doesn't want to send him out this season. He wants to keep him and he wants to use him. I don't think he'll necessarily start, although the preseason form has been good enough for him to start potentially and compete with the likes of Antonio or Danny Ings up front. I don't think he will start, but he'll definitely get minutes off the bench with five subs. So he can be one on your bench. He might score or assist occasionally off the bench, but for me, he's the best, most attacking and probably most consistent 4.5 million forward. So we've had forwards from Haaland all the way down to our 4.5s in the middle. The Chelsea options, the Brighton options, all have been covered in this video. If you found it useful, please make sure you've liked the video. Subscribe if you are new around here. So much more to come. Just two weeks left between now and the start of the season. Thank you so much for watching and I'll be back again very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.